0: Okay. Thank you everyone for joining us for our last fireside chat of the day. And thank you, Rebecca, for coming down here from Seattle to, yeah, looking uh, Looking forward with to us. it.
1: Yes. Yeah, be good to you in Chattanooga for the second year running. So nice to see everybody.
0: So consumer needs have obviously changed quite a bit in the last year and people have definitely shifted some of their spending from durable goods to more services. And obviously, Amazon has to keep up with all of that. So as consumer needs have changed over the last year, how has Amazon's Freight's network changed um, to keep up with that?
1: It's a really good question. Um, As I'm sure some of you are Amazon customers, you know that we're continually changing the offering to uh, benefit the customer. One of the big ways that we've evolved the network uh, in the last 12 months is that we have become more regionalized in how we think about Uh, the network. And what does that mean? It means that now we have products that are closer to the customer. That means they're getting to your house quicker. It means they're traveling less miles to get to you. And that means we're taking carbon out of the supply chain. So it's been a real benefit all round. And I'm sure some of you, I mean, I've I've certainly noticed it myself, my orders are getting there uh, quicker. So it's been good. And in parallel with that, our network has grown. We now have 50,000 plus trailers in the network. We are continually growing our building infrastructure. And that benefits Amazon Freight customers because it means that we're opening up more lanes. We have more um, options for for customers. And that means that it's a win-win because hopefully we're reducing empty lanes, et cetera, which benefits everybody.
0: Okay. So obviously in the last few years, you've really scaled operations quite a bit what are some of the lessons learned in that, you know, 50,000 trailers, all of these other sorts of things you mentioned, this requires quite a lot of, uh, you know, investment. What, what kind of, what have you learned through through this process? I think, and it
1: pains me to talk about the pandemic, but I think the pandemic was a real learning curve. And I think the benefit for all of us, we all know what the supply chain means, but now everybody else understands the supply chain and how critical it is for um everyday life. And I think that's been positive. What I would also say is actually earlier this year, we did a survey with FreightWaves and we actually asked shippers what what they saw changing. And what became clear to us through that survey is that shippers recognize the importance of having a very diverse and reliable portfolio of carriers at their disposal. And there were four areas that they indicated in the survey that where they were changing some of their freight strategies. And this was for four reasons. They wanted more flexibility, better performance, better customer service, and better responsiveness. And so what I think my key learning has been is that that has changed how shippers are thinking about their carrier pool. I think in some cases, the carrier pool, the bench has lengthened but I think reliability and flexibility is critical. And what shippers are looking for is a, car- a carrier that when there's volatility or when there's an issue in the supply chain, the-, the carrier's saying, how can I help? What can I
0: do to support? So I think those, those are the key learnings. So how do you, ba- how do you balance reliability and flexibility? Because it seems like in some, in some ways those could be seen as you know, uh, combative or contrasting sort of things to look for. We
1: focus on the customer. Um, It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's all about the customer and how we can work with them and how we can build some reliability and to ensure that we have a dynamic, flexible supply chain. And I think that's why we continue to grow the network, bringing in more assets, um, because that benefits everyone.
0: Okay. So, you know, from your vantage point at Amazon Free, obviously, um, you know, we're looking at shippers right now. They're in a less of a hectic position than maybe they were a year or two ago. But what are some of those issues that they are still facing in 2023?
1: You know, at Amazon, I actually work on a tech team. Um, I think I have been very impressed over the last five plus years in how Amazon's tech has really developed, enhanced to enable a lot of visibility across our network. It's enabled us to be much more precise on what we're doing. Um, now it's exciting to see where, you know, generative AI and LLM is going to support that as well. But I think so that to me is where we have a real opportunity in the industry is to start to look at how do we embrace tech? And one of the surveys, again, that we did with FreightWaves, um, we're still seeing a mix of shippers embracing new technology. And what we found was that the majority, sort of 70% of, of shippers are still using email to book loads. So I feel that there's a real opportunity there to do more. To um, But conversely, 68% are also using booking portals. So there's something for me around what we can do from a tech perspective to really uh, improve and enhance across the industry in the next few years.
0: What would be necessary to encourage uh, transportation um, stakeholders to you know get off email and Use, something, use a different sort of uh, technology? I, I think it's a difficult question. I think every company has a different approach, I think, and it's,
1: it's an investment. And so, you know, do people want to invest right now or and are people wanting to make sure it's future-proof? So I think there's a lot of discussion and decision-making that goes into that. And I suspect that through COVID, it wasn't a key priority, the sort of f- forward future looking. So now hopefully it's something that we can get back on the table and really look at how we can use it to enhance what we're doing.
0: Do you find that that hesitancy to invest is more on the shipper side or the carrier side or both? I think, I think it's both. I really do. Yeah. I think I see the benefits
1: um, you know, within the Amazon network, for example, we can pinpoint where any asset is at any given time. And I think things like that become really invaluable. For example, we can, um, you know, we can see if there's traffic coming up and we can let a driver know to, to divert to a
0: quicker route. Okay. So changing, shifting gears a little bit, um, obviously, you know, if you look back five or ten years, you know, most freight providers, most uh, folks in, in the carrier side, they wouldn't think of Amazon necessarily as a competitor. But now it seems that Amazon Freight is also, of course, providing these freight services. So how, how does Amazon Freight kind of communicate those new offerings, uh, these sort of services to carriers and, and work alongside them?
1: So... As many of you will know, Amazon, we have uh, 10-plus leadership principles, which really do guide everything we do. You know, every day, one of those leadership principles will have an impact on decision-making. And I think my favorite is customer obsession. Um, And it's always about, what does the customer need? And so there's never a moment that I'm in a meeting and we say, what's the competitor doing? It is, what does the customer need? And we work backwards from the customer. So in that scenario our focus is on the customer. What does the customer need? How can we support them? What is the right benefits that we can bring? And we don't you know we don't we obsess on the customer not on the competitor. And that's that's what we do across all of Amazon.
0: So there's not, so you won't really find any really hesitancy or, or sort of com- competitiveness in that way then.
1: No, it's if if the customer wants to work with us we lean in.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and speaking of, you know, new offerings, we were talking a bit about this new small parcel offering that Amazon has that launched just in September. So pretty new. What What's the scale of it right now? And I guess what motivated Amazon for to to launch the small parcel offering?
1: Yeah, so uh, Amazon Shipping is the new small parcel offering that we've just launched in the U.S. Um, it's been a product that we've offered in Europe for several years. It's in its very early days. Um, but what, and what we are offering is for Amazon sellers, the opportunity to move their uh, parcels via the Amazon network. So for Amazon freight, it's a full truckload service. For Amazon shipping, it's a smaller parcel service. Um, but both benefit from the Amazon network. It's early days. Uh, it's, you know, it's promising, but what we're hearing is that customers like it because they can access the speed and reliability of Amazon. Uh, Deliveries are completed in two to five days. That includes Saturdays and Sundays. We also um, are not charging, we're offering fewer fees. So that means that there's, you know, including no residential, no weekend fees, which means that people can keep business almost on a -a seven-day-a-week delivery schedule. Um, But also, it's just another example of how we use Amazon's power to sort of support other customers and a lot of our sellers who are critical for the goods they sell on the Amazon.com platform.
0: And what's the? I remember, you know, reading about and reporting a little bit about Amazon's intermodal offerings. What's the status of that? And yeah, what's the scale and status of that right now?
1: Yeah, so I'm a bit of a rail nerd. So this is exciting for me. Um, we have been piloting intermodal for last 12 plus months. And we've approached it how we approach any new innovation Product that we're thinking about with Amazon, and what we started with, we started working with a handful of customers on the pilot, because what we want to do is create um, a lovable product, and that means getting feedback, and it sometimes means taking a pause, and it sometimes means enhancing one of, part of the product to ensure that when it finally you know comes to market, we are offering something that is effective. And that's really where we are with Intermodal. It's exciting times. And, you know, looking forward, looking to the 2024, I'm excited to see where that one goes.
0: So where do you, how do you pick the, when you're piloting these sorts of things, the small parcel, the Intermodal, things like this, how do you figure out where to start? Like, where do you figure out kind of the test case uh, regions for these sorts of offerings and, and build out from there?
1: It starts really with what we hear from our customers. You know, everything we do is because we're getting feedback that maybe this is something customers are looking for. You know, with Intermodal, we move a lot of Amazon product already. So it was just a case of, well, we've got the infrastructure. How can we turn it into something that our customers would love? And that's that's really how it starts. What does the customer need? Okay. Anything? I'm any, talking uh, a lot about customer yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Because we're laughs> obsession
0: here. <laughs> Any other offerings the next you know four to six months we should keep an eye out that you can uh you can share well, not
1: specifically that I can see on my horizon, but I do think there's more to come. I think that it's exciting times. I'm looking forward to the next you know twelve to eighteen months there's going to be some exciting you know, things happening as we open up the network
0: okay um so uh you know shifting gears again, we had a keynote speaker earlier today, Alex Epstein kind of talking about. Um, you know sustainability and some of these you know new corporate ventures into promising net zero carbon emissions and things like this. I guess where does Amazon stand on this, and especially in the U.S. Because obviously you know customers in Europe and 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 governments in Europe and Asia are kind of demanding different sort of things from customers. How does that kind of function in the U.S.? So. We're currently
1: in the planning 2024 stages um, at Amazon, and in every planning doc that anybody writes, doesn't matter where you are in the company, you always have to have a question that says it's about sustainability. So it is embedded across everything we do. Um, you will all be aware that in 2019 we co-founded the Climate Pledge, um, and as part of that, a lot of other companies have joined joined us in that, which has been, you know, excellent. But what we have committed to is carbon-neutral uh, network operations by 2040. And we are working hard to get there. This, as any of us know, there's a lot of carbon in the supply chain, whether it's on the road, in the air, and we have to focus on reducing that. So we're currently working on several pilots. Um, in the US, we have renewable natural gas vehicles. We've also got carbon um, neutral, sort of carbon natural gas that we're, we're working with. We've obviously seen the Rivian fleet that are delivering to a house near you. Um, But in Europe, what I'm really excited to see how this goes is we've started a pilot with an electric truck. And that's going to be exciting to try and see how we can get a long-haul truck. Electric. Yeah. So that will be key. And on both sides of the Atlantic, the other piece that we're really focusing on is how do we build a, a charging infrastructure so that we can have electric vehicles and keep them charged and mo- moving. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot of smart minds looking at it. I'm excited to see what the future brings. Um, and we're also, you know, we're not just investing on the road. There's a lot of investment, for example, in in the air side as well.
0: Yeah, because that seems to be the big question is, OK, we've got these electric trucks, but how do we build out the network to ensure that they actually can run and, can and deliver <laughs> freight? Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, looking ahead for the next, you know, 6 to 12 months, where are you kind of seeing consumer demand? Where are you seeing freight demand? Are you seeing any green flags for things to get better? Maybe not so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been in this industry 20 plus years, and I think this is probably the third cycle I've been through. So I want to feel cautiously optimistic, um, but I do think there have been some... Contrasting signals, um, but I, you know, I'm hearing shippers, customers, sort of having sort of some some positivity. We went going back to the first survey that I talked about. Um, we did ask shippers in the next six months, were they expecting to see volume decline, to see volume stay the same, to see volume increase? What I found was reassuring was that 10 percent said volumes would decline, which means that the vast majority are expecting volumes to stay the same. Or to increase, so that's why I'm cautiously optimistic because that's what the data is telling us. Um, I don't. I'm hoping we have a, a good peak retail season, and then hopefully, as we head into 2024, we'll see some positive green shoots.
0: Yes, definitely. Anything else we should be we should be watching out for? Anything else uh, that I forgot to ask today? We covered a lot,
1: so thank yeah. you. What I would say is um, this: Everybody here, we've all been through a tough few years, but I think with everybody, we've we've seen resilience, we've seen agility. So I think we should sort of take that learnings and be ready to weather the next challenges that are thrown at us. Um, What I would say is that the booth is just outside the doors. The Amazon Freight team, the Amazon Freight partner team is there to chat with you, to talk me through any of the things that I've picked up on today. Um, So, And also, we'd love to see you at the aquarium tonight um, for the drinks party. Thank you so much. Thank you.